All right, thanks for uh, spending the time in your day to listen to the Tony D Podcast. We have a lot to get into as far as some racing stuff, some news that's came up. Uh, I want to go into a little bit in depth about the Bucks winning the NBA championship, uh, answer some tweets as well. I told you guys that I'd go back uh, and go through that because, like I mentioned, one of my favorite things to do is to send out open-ended questions to see what kind of answers we get back as far as, you know, last week was French Friday. What's your favorite fast food french fry um we'll talk about some of those as well the tone of the podcast as always brought to you by flooring is forever 317-755-1246 flooringisforever.com with over 20 years of experience locally harley and the gang at flooring is forever have you covered if you're in the market for new flooring providing you honesty quality and value for the flooring that's just right for you from carpet to hardwood let harley transform your home or workplace check them out at flooringisforever.com the first thing I want to get to is a little bit of a nostalgic thing because, I mean, let's face it, I'm 32, so a lot of us like to reminisce about the 80s and the 90s, and at the end of July, and it was originally in early August, but the end of July really brings me back to being a kid and my grandfather coming to pick me up in northwest Indiana on a Wednesday, and we were going racing all weekend, so... You would have the the USAC Silver Crown cars out at at the time IRP now Lucas Oil Raceway. Friday, you know, you'd have practice and qualifying at the Indianapolis Motor Speedway for the Brickyard Friday night. The trucks Saturday. At the time, it was the Bush Series. Now it's the Xfinity Series, and then the Brickyard 400. And and I remember, and I think some of you guys will will relate to this as well. You know, the Silver Crown race is really cool. You usually had you know. In the early 2000s, Ryan Newman would run it, and then you would see a lot of the NASCAR drivers already in town checking that out, and a lot of the truck and Xfinity drivers would be out there because they would already be set up kind of ready for the weekend, and it was just super cool. You didn't realize it as a time, at least I didn't as a kid, just how cool the short track experience was. You know, you would have the the haulers lined up for the trucks, and in the back parking lot with the drag strip, you'd have the haulers lined up for the Bush Series, the Xfinity Series, and it was just a great weekend. And I remember my grandpa asking me one time, you know, hey, it's Friday morning, because he lived out in Crawfordsville, out by uh, Shade State Park, actually in Waveland. Um, but his longtime companion, who, Allie, who's one of the reasons why I'm a big Pacer Colts fan and, and, and love Indianapolis the way I do, lived in Brownsburg, so we would we would stay there, and it would be obviously a convenient drive over to, to Lucas Oil Raceway and, and then even into the Indianapolis Motor Speedway. And I remember my grandpa would always ask me Friday morning, you know, hey, we can spend the day at IRP, which or he called the little track. We could spend the day at the little track, or we could spend the day at the big track. You pick on which one you want. And I remember going to the Brickyard, practice and qualifying a lot, but it was hard to get autographs, which was what I wanted to do, was meet some of the drivers. And it was just always tough because they would drive their cars in and out of the garage area. And so I would say, hey, uh, let's go to the truck race. Let's let's set up a blanket. Let's get there right before the first practice starts. We'll set up a little little spot in turn one there in the on the hill, and, and, and we'll just watch truck practice and, and qualifying and then, and then go right into the race. And, it, and we just made it a full day. So um, that just brings me back. So I'm looking forward to – the Brickyard Weekend, which we're going to talk about uh, coming up here in mid-August, where you've got 
Uh, you've got some USAC stuff going on Thursday and Friday night out at Lucas Oil Raceway. And, and as I've talked about, you know, whether it was ARCA or spotting back in May, if I can get out or going to the Jeff Gordon thing last month, if I can get out to Lucas Oil Raceway, um, I'm certainly going to do that. So uh, it was just it was just the best weekend. And, and, and I think a lot of us would agree that, yeah, the Brickyard w- w- was awesome. And I, and I think the, the hype of the Brickyard really took away from the fact that you know, the first couple of years it was okay racing, and then it kind of just became a dominant race by the front of the field. I mean, I I, I think with Ricky Red winning in 1997, it was a it was an upset field type of win, and that carried the momentum into 2000. Bill Elliott gets a win for Dodge, um, but 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 really the Brickyard 400, if you look at the past since 1994, is a race I would say 80% dominated by NASCAR champions, guys that consistently win races. I, I, Ricky Rudd, Paul Menard, and Jamie McMurray probably come to mind as guys that are the three maybe oddities. I mean, even Casey Kane won a lot of races and was always good at the Brickyard. Um, but just love that weekend. One of my favorite weekends of the summer, going to the truck race, taking pictures, those guys beating and banging at, at IRP. You can get right up to the fence if you wanted. I mean, I met all, a lot of drivers you know, throughout the late 2000s, or seriously, early 2000s, late 1990s. So shout out to Lucas Oil Raceway. But uh, Brickyard coming up, I'm looking forward to it. I think it's going to be awesome to watch these guys beat and bang on the road course. You get Xfinity IndyCar doubleheader. I cannot wait to be out there. Um, August is a busy month. We just bought our tickets for the Nashville race down in IndyCar, for IndyCar. Going to be expensive. Uh, It was expensive, but uh, my dad... Little brother, my stepmom are flying in from Seattle. My aunt fortunately owns an Airbnb and a bed and breakfast out in Nashville, so we're going to be staying there. So if you're heading to Nashville, let me know. I think uh, I think I'm going to drive down with our buddy Harley, the sponsor of the podcast here, and uh, we'll just have a great weekend. Speaking of IndyCar, a lot to get into um, that happened this week. Let's start with the four-time Indy 500 winner shoot that we saw on Tuesday. Uh, here's the thing about that is I've known that that was happening for probably a month now. They originally came into the Folding Warehouse where I've been working and said, hey, we're going to do this shoot with Penske Entertainment. We want um, a cool facility. We think this place would be awesome because you haven't been there. There's, there's a pace car as soon as you walk in, uh, the 75 Buick pace car, I believe, to the Indy 500. And they wanted to do it there, and we are all about it. The problem that we ran into – and I called every place that I could. Is we have railroad tracks right behind there, and you didn't, you don't really know when that train's coming, and you didn't want to stop. Or, you know, Al Senior talks so quietly. So um, AJ brought his private plane into Indy. Rick Mears was flown in on private plane by Roger Penske, as was Al Senior from Albuquerque, New Mexico, and I believe Elio flew up from Nashville where he was doing some some pub, and they they taped. And did that photo shoot. So there is a documentary type thing that I think will probably be aired in somewhat, depending on how I'm sure it's long. Um, I don't know if NBC is going to do a special, which I think would be awesome. Um, that's all I know. But I, I knew it was happening, and, and, and it was. Ho- I told a few of my friends and my dad. It was really. I was, was so excited. And then we got the news about two weeks ago that it wasn't happening. And, um, man, my, my stomach kind of sank just thinking about the possibility of, you know, seeing those guys in one room and, and getting to talk to them and maybe even getting a picture if I got lucky. So um, was super happy that they did that. Uh, shout out to Roger Penske for doing that. I think he wanted to get it done as soon as possible. 
um, knowing that it's just so tough to get schedules together. And I think they wanted to have that by the time the road course event comes up here on the weekend of August the 14th. Uh, staying on the topic of four-time winners, that brings us to Elio Castro Neves. It was announced that he will go to Meyer Shank. We'll stay with Meyer Shank Racing next year, but it will go to a full-time effort in the 06 car that he obviously won his fourth Indianapolis 500 in. So he will have a chance. I, I, you know, we talked about this. He'll be 47. You know, I, I think Elio, who just is full of life and just seems so young, has three more shots at winning a fifth. Um, and I think he can do it at the age of. 50, 51 even. Um, so exciting news for Elio Castro Neves, whose next race, I believe, comes up in Nashville. But Jack Harvey is out of that car full time, and there is a lot of different directions that you can go on this. I like Jack a great deal, always have. Um, I would say we have a pretty good relationship. Jack will be fine. Um, he had an announcement saying, you know, change is inevitable. I think he's going to end up at Andretti. I think that's a possibility to take over one of those cars that will be vacated by Ryan hunter Ray or James Hinchcliffe. And then the 06 car, which could be a full-time effort for one driver. It could be a part-time effort, as they have done over the last couple of years. Um, if it's a part-time effort, let's say, of the 18 races next year, they want they want to run 10. Maybe the funding is there with Auto Nation, who has had a relationship with Ryan Hunter Ray at Andretti Autosport, says we're going to run 10 races next year, um, seven with Ryan Hunter Ray, and then three with somebody like Kyle Kirkwood or whoever wins the Indy Lights title that has that scholarship money that guarantees them three races in the IndyCar season next year. Now, you're not going to run a Lights rookie champion over an Indy 500 champion at the 500. There's just too much publicity that goes into uh, that and, and and that will be on your car, especially if you have two Indy 500 winners like Ryan hunter Ray and like Elio Castro-Neves. So could that possibly be um, a sign that says that the Indy Lights champion, if if he goes there, which is, you know, it, it, it is a possibility but not set in stone, doesn't run the Indy 500 or maybe Shank, exp- you know, expands with – sponsorship to three-car effort at the Indy 500 next year. Um, I don't think that that would be out of the realm of possibilities when it comes to what we can see for the 500 next year. So I think Hunter Ray still in that um, in that category of, of maybe running with Meyer Shank next year in a part-time effort. The UPS store in Fishers off of Olio Road has everything your small business needs when it comes to shipping. At the UPS store, you can have your packages professionally packed by your local UPS store certified packing expert. It is back with their pack and ship guarantee. Check out the friendly faces at the Olio Road location in Fishers for all of your small business needs. 11650 Olio Road or give them a call 317-578-0094. Other big news in IndyCar this week was the fact that NBC is now going to... um, extend their partnership with the IndyCar Series. 13 races will be on the big network coming up next season. Um, the downside of that is two races on Peacock, which I have, so it doesn't bother me. I'll say this. I think it's a great partnership. NBC has done a lot of great work, uh, even dating back to when it was you know, Versus, which turned into NBC Sports, and now we'll see races on NBC, 
USA Network, which is where a lot of the Peacock, or, or which is where a lot of the NBC Sports Network uh, sporting events are going to go to. And then you'll have practice, indie lights, that kind of stuff on Peacock Premium. So if you don't have it, I think it's like five ninety nine. Um, it's not all that bad. I'll say this: it's a great partnership, IndyCar and NBC. NBC's done a great job of growing the sport. The sport continues to trend in the right direction. Um, you got a video game coming out, which is going to be huge. And I think NBC has said, look, we want to be with the sport. Uh, it works for us. It's great. Sometimes lead-ins for our NASCAR races. And the only complaint I have is just please don't preempt an IndyCar start for the end of a lacrosse game. Uh, I know with live windows like that, um, that is tending to happen. But hopefully uh, there isn't any kind of live event before an IndyCar race that would preempt it. Uh, I think on USA it'll just be lead-ins of uh, episodes of Rosale and Isles and uh, Law and Order. So we should be good on that. Um, but, yeah, it's a great partnership, and there's just so much money that has to go into broadcasting an IndyCar race. You think about it in an NBA game or even a Major League Baseball game, you're thinking 7, 10 cameras where you're at a road course, especially one like Road America. You know, you've got to have 15, 20, maybe even 25 cameras and the manpower to do that. So a little bit more expensive to produce uh, races, especially IndyCar races, that um, happen at a large track like a Road America. So kudos to IndyCar, kudos to NBC. Um, I wrote about it in the more in-depth detail, TonyDIndy.com. Please check out um, that whenever you get the chance. Wanted to switch gears real quick, talk a little bit of NBA with the Bucks winning the title this week and Team USA getting ready to embark on Hopefully a gold medal run in Tokyo. Um, I love Giannis. I love the city of Milwaukee. I hate the fact that they're in the same division as the, as the Pacers, but um, it was great to see. The Deer District kind of looked like hell to me. It reminded me of what the Snake Pit looks like. Um, you know, like that feeling of fear when you don't know what you're going to do if you go to the bathroom because you don't know if you're going to be able to come back and find your friends and you got to say, excuse me, 1,400 times. That was awesome to see. Um, how can you not like Giannis? Uh, what a great competitor. The Pacers uh, this week with their draft workouts had, of course, Corey Kispert in. Uh, they also had Zaire Williams, who's a guy that I would love to see as a Pacer with that 13 pick. I still would like to see the pick more than anything traded, maybe traded for another asset, um, maybe even a later first-round pick. I, I just, I'm not high on a lot of that talent that's there from probably 11th pick on back. Um, I think there's some great guys that have upscale potential that you could grab in the second round, like a Quentin Grimes, like a Jason Preston out of Ohio. Um, there's a lot of guys, I think, in that second round that could that could be guys on a basketball team. They're not going to be superstars. You're not probably going to find a Chris Middleton in this draft with what? What was he, the 38th, the 39th pick? Um, but I am not a fan of Corey Kispert. I watched a lot of Gonzaga games this year. Um, he is... I mean, I get what they're thinking. He could become Doug McDermott, who is probably going to be on the move here in free agency. But that's a huge risk that at this point, um, huge risks have not worked out for this team. Aaron Holiday really hasn't developed um, as consistently, I think, as the Pacers would want. Same with Goga. We know TJ Leaf was a complete failure of a pick uh, from the Pacers organization. Um, you can go back to the Miles Plumley tri- pick, which, yeah, that was like, what, the 27th pick overall, so that one really didn't matter. But I would like to see the pick traded. We'll see what the Pacers do, but I do know um, 
from somebody that would know that they are very high on Corey Kispert if he is there with the 13th overall pick. Now, I mentioned this on Twitter. Who would sit courtside at an NBA Finals game if the Pacers were here? We got a lot of Terry Lee Hondas. Uh, Chris mentioned the Watsons girl. Pat McAfee is an option. Uh, and I was thinking more local celebrities that he are here in Indianapolis or are from here. Uh, Mike Epps comes to mind. Somebody said that during a playoff game, maybe in the late 90s, that Donald Trump was here. Was that maybe the Knicks-Pacers um, 1999 Eastern Conference Final Series? Would be uh, interesting to see. So looking forward to um, the Pacers and what they do with the draft next Friday. Uh, big day next Friday as far as the sports world. If you like movement, you've got the NBA draft and then you've got uh, MLB free agency. Hopefully the White Sox make some some moves. Uh, they need a catcher. And that, somebody mentioned that in my tweets. I said, uh, they, uh, the old Tucker Barnhart would look good on the south side of Chicago. Uh, I know you Reds fans don't want that. I'm a Reds fan. I like Tucker a lot and would love him on my White Sox team. But if not, hopefully he just stays put there in Cincinnati. Another um, tweet uh, from David Deering, our, our guy. How about your guy, Bobby Portis? Again, guy that I wanted to be drafted over, Miles Turner. Um, you know, Miles is a better rim protector. Bobby has kind of found his rhythm in Milwaukee as a role player after after going through some stints in Chicago and New York um, and then being out of the league for a minute there as well. Then Milwaukee brought him in. So uh, I do like Bobby Portis. Uh, any thoughts on the 1070 signal going dark? And could you elaborate more on your Jersey Johnny tweet? Um, I just happened to be driving around Sunday morning and uh, – I'm not the biggest fan of Jersey, and he's not the biggest fan of mine. Um, and, and I'll say this: I'm not the biggest fan of Dockage, and he's not the biggest fan of mine. But I can listen to Dan. I can I can, I can sit through a segment and 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 even you know even a full show if I needed to. But Jersey's delivery, it's just bad. And um, there was multiple times where they didn't want to extend him, but the money kept coming in from the Colts and Jim Irsay. Um, so Jim Mercy is pretty much guiding that ship. So basically, it sounds like to me like there's a direct deposit that goes to Emmis on behalf of Versa to, to Jersey Johnny that they maybe have forgotten of, or maybe they want that Sunday morning cold stream. But um, yeah, as far as the 1070 signal going dark, um, there's a lot of confusion on what's going to happen with streaming and stuff like that. Look, basically, they have sold off that signal. It was a staple here uh, at Emmis at WIBC, and then over to 1070 the fan. Um, they have done a lot of mistakes as far as signal goes, changing things around, 93.5, 107.5, now no longer 93.5, now back to 107.5, but always the AMs there. Um, you know, it, it seems to me that Jeff Smolian, who's a great guy that I like a great deal, is selling off a lot of his assets, um, his, excuse me, a lot of his assets. Um, you know, the, the L.A., New York market has been sold Half of the building of Emmis downtown has been sold and rented out to a bank. Um, maybe not sold, but definitely rented out to a bank. I will say this. I think that they're looking at it as we are moving into a more digital era, and let's spend some more money on the digital side of things, the podcast, the app side of things. And if it means that we piss off the people that are over 60 years old because they are so used to the AM dial, then so be it. Um, but if you have AM 1070 on your radio, more than likely you're going to be able to be able to pull up FM 107.5 or are they on 93.5? I think they are. 
I always just go to 107.5. Anyway, um, it's just the way that the world's going. I mean, I, I think that radio, that station was, was, was losing a lot of things before COVID. Um, they, you know, it's talked about a few times from 12 to 3, how great the ratings are, which I understand, but there's no competition when it comes to sports radio right now. Query and Schultz are off the, off the air at 3. There's nothing besides political on if you're looking for talk shows throughout the day. So, um, yeah, I mean, uh, it's it, it sucks as far as a, as a staple for that station, but um, it's all about making money and continuing to do that. So um, I did mention this to your go-to state fair food as the state fair is right around the corner. Uh, big fan here of the Dairy Bar. Uh, dairy Barn, I'm sorry. Do you call it the bar or the barn? I call it the Dairy Barn because it's in a barn, but it is kind of a bar as you walk up. So I think they, the Dairy Association a couple years ago gave me a dairy. I call it the Dairy Barn shirt. Um, footlong hot dogs are always good. Funnel cake. Um, the back side of the fair, and hopefully it's back this year, kind of tucked away a little bit, but still on the main midway walkway. You can get peach cider and apple cider slushies. That's always been a favorite of mine um, as a go-to like drink. Food-wise, like I said, um, you get the grilled cheese. Um, sometimes they've got mac and cheese bites. Uh, the milkshakes at the Dairy Barn are great as well. Um, the donut cheeseburger, which I've had. Um, you know, I would recommend going there. Uh, Deep-fried Oreos. Deep-fried Oreos are the best. I recommend going there on $2 Tuesday, but it's usually a shit show, so tread wisely. All right, thank you as always for listening again to the Tony D Podcast. Come check us out at the Folding Warehouse in downtown Indianapolis. Uh, thanks to All In HQ, which has promo codes through me to BetMGM and BetRivers. If you're interested in those, please don't be shy to reach out via Twitter. And thank you so much for listening. Thanks to Flooring is Forever and the UPS Store on Oleo Road. Take care.